So welcome to our uh, class in uh, 11th Canto. We're up to, uh, we've gotten up to uh, text 41 through 44. The, the BBT, they translate them in a big block, and I've split them up. And uh, we just got mostly through uh, uh, yeah, we got mostly through 43. There's a little bit of 42. So I'm going to start with uh, text number 42. We talked about it some. There's a few little other things I want to uh, talk about. So let me just uh, let me just read the English translation of that chunk forty one through forty four. So this is here where uh, this chapter is called Bhakti Yoga, and this is the uh, last discussion between Krishna and Uddhava because uh, Krishna is preparing to leave the world and he's sending Uddhava up to Badarik Ashram to associate with. Uh, Naranarayan Rishi and uh, and so this is like just the end of that last conversation where there's what's called the Uddhava Gita where he gives final instructions to Uddhava his supremely intelligent uh, uh, aide uh, he remember he sent he had sent Uddhava to, to Vrindavan to look at the gopis in separation just for his education. <laughs> so, so here he 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 talks to him. So here he is. Uh, I'll read this this chunk of uh, text forty one forty four and just the translation. The supreme personality of Godhead said, "My dear Uddhava, take my order and go to my ashram called Badarik." Purify yourself by both touching and also bathing in the holy waters there, which have emanated from my lotus feet. Rid yourself of all sinful reactions with the sight of the sacred Alakananda River. Dress yourself in bark and eat whatever is naturally available in the forest. Thus you should remain content and free from desire tolerant of all dualities, good-natured, self-controlled, peaceful, and endowed with transcendental knowledge and realization. With fixed attention, meditate constantly upon these instructions I have imparted to you and assimilate their essence. Fix your words and thoughts upon me and always endeavor to increase your realization of my transcendental qualities in this way, you will cross beyond the destinations of the three modes of nature and finally come back to me. So that's that chunk of text. Uh, so uh, let me just uh, read uh, read 42 in Sanskrit uh, and talk talk a little bit about that. Because the BBT has one reading and Vishnu Chakravarti has another reading. So you should get both of them. If they disagree, they're both right. <laughs> Take it both ways. Huh? So text 42, go, oh, let me just say this first before I chant it. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
So 42 goes, Ikshayalakanandaya Viduta Shesha Kalmasaha Vasano Vakalyanyanga Vanyabuk Sukhanispriyaha so the translation, rid yourself of all sinful reactions within the sight of the sacred Alakananda River. Dress yourself in bark and eat whatever is naturally available to the forest and thus you should remain content and free from desire. Uh, uh, we had a geographical discussion, you know, how this is like the Alakananda is another name of the Ganga, but it's the name when it flows down from the moon onto Mount Meru and divides into four and goes to the different varshas, a different geography than we're currently aware of. Uh, and, uh, and we discussed this, uh, the uh, Badarik Ashram, the Jujube <laughs> trees mm-hmm. that are there, and, uh, and so on. So here... Um, he says uh, he t- says to him that that uh, the way this is translated, rid yourself of all sinful reactions within the sight with the sight of the sacred Balakananda River. Ikshaya uh, by glancing, Alakanandaya upon the uh, upon the the, uh, the river Ganga, uh, uh, vid, Viduta Ashesha. Kalmasaha, become cleansed of all sinful reactions. Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur translates that same phrase as, by your glance you should destroy the unlimited sins present in the Alakananda River. <laughs> Who's, who <laughs> and this reading is actually based on, uh, on the Bhagavatam 996 which I marked here, I hope. Yes, here it is. Uh, where um, uh, this is in nine nine, and in, in uh, uh, Bhagirath has brought down the Ganga down this way, yeah. and he's he's addressing the the Ganges, and he says in the translation to text six. Uh, Bhagirath said, Those who are saintly because of devotional service and are therefore in the renounced order, free from material desires, and who are pure devotees, uh, expert in following the regular principles mentioned in the Vedas, are always glorious and pure in behavior and are able to deal, deliver all fallen souls. Loka Pavana, basically, this is Prabhupada's translation. Then he goes, When such pure devotees bathe in your waters, in your water, the sinful reactions accumulated from other people will certainly be counteracted, for such devotees always keep in the core of their hearts the supreme personality of Godhead who can vanquish all sinful reactions. So that's where this comes from. Uh, you, the, and, and Prabhupada says here in his purport, Mother Ganges is available to everyone for bathing. Therefore, not only will sinful persons bathe in the Ganges water, but in Hardwar and other holy places where the Ganges flows, 
saintly persons and devotees will also bathe in the waters of the Ganges. Devotees and saintly persons advanced in the renounced order can deliver even the Ganges. And then he quotes from Bhagavatam 1.13.10, Tirti kurvanti tirtani svanta stena gadabrita. Because saintly devotees keep the Lord within the core of their hearts, they can perfectly cleanse the holy places of all sinful reactions. Uh, Therefore, people in general must always respectfully honor saintly persons. So anyway, here, so that, that Prabhupada goes on about that, but, but here, here's where the, the, they actually destroy the sins of the Ganges. That people come to the holy places, they do something, they deposit all their sinful reactions, and because the saintly people come there, they can then purify the rivers or the places of pilgrimage uh, themselves because of the, the stockpile that's left there. <laughs> that's, so that, that's, that's where Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur gets his, uh, his, uh, his uh, uh, translation from uh, his reading of this. So now, uh, uh, text 43, uh, again, it's one big chunk in the Bhagavatam, but it, uh, uh, it, it's a list of the qualities that, that Krishna is uh, telling Uddhava he should cultivate. Titikshur dvanda matra matranam shushila samyatendriyaha Shanta Samahita Dya Jnana Vigyana Samyuta. This is text 43. Uh, tolerant of all dualities. Titikshu Dwanda Matranam. Dwanda's dualities, Dwanda Matra, all of them. Titikshu, tolerant of all dualities. Sushila. Here they call this. Uh, good-natured. Uh, in the word for word, it's uh, exhibiting saintly character. Sushila, having a good good character. Uh, samyata Indriya, controlling the senses. Indriya is the senses of so Samyata. Uh, shanta, uh, peaceful. Uh, uh, samahita Diya, uh, Jnana Vigyana Samyuta, and then with a perfectly concentrated uh, intelligence. Uh, uh, and endowed with transcendental knowledge and realization. Here you have this Jnana Vigyana knowledge. You see, Jnana means knowledge, and then the, the prefix in Sanskrit, vi, is like an all-purpose intensifier. Uh, and so Prabhupada usually translates it, and they follow him here, as knowledge and realization. Uh, realization means experience knowledge. Actually, in modern Sanskrit, modern Sanskrit users, if they want to take the contemporary Western term science and translate it into, into Sanskrit, they use vijnana. So, uh, so Prabhupada sometimes calls jnana book knowledge and vijnana experience knowledge. 
And when he says Krishna consciousness is a science, it's just, he has this word, jnana uh, vijnana. There's a Brahminical quality, jnana vijnana astikyam, you know, the, the Bhagavatam says. So this is this. Is this uh, and uh, yeah, so this is, these are the, the things that, that you should have. Uh, be, because um, uh, uh, the absolute truth is described as that which being known all other things become known. You go to Krishna, you go to the Brahman, uh, the uh, Pram Brahman, and then you know Krishna and then everything else becomes revealed. Uh, Krishna and all of Krishna's energy since he, he includes everything. So this is, this is how you get this experience knowledge. Uh, by this uh, this uh, this method, uh, and when we were part of the Bhaktivedanta Institute, the magazine Prabhupada said you should call it Savigyana, with Vigyana, where he wanted to, or different scientific devotees to research these these seriously research this as a means of of of, uh, of, of knowledge. It's not just we don't have, you know, here's science based on knowledge and here's religion based on faith. Uh, that, first of all, science is based on faith. Uh, uh, and you have a certain method that you think is going to work and then, you know, it doesn't work anymore. And then you have a paradigm shift in science and everything. You know, what we told you last year is now wrong. This keeps happening, uh, and uh, 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 so uh, anyway. Anyway, so here, here's this realized knowledge. When when he says that this is also science, it's also experience knowledge, with a method of doing it that people have done it, and if you do it too, you'll get the same verified results. Uh, but but. Uh, this is knowledge that comes when you're in the mode of goodness. When people have the modes of passion and ignorance, then what they get is narrow, distorted, little range of things that works for certain things. I mean, basically, the goal of science is to make money. Who funds it? Who, who, where does all the money come to do all this stuff? Because people think they can make money out of it. That's what it is, and that's what it's based on. Uh, so we don't have brahmanas anymore. Anybody who's a brahmana ends up being the servant of vaishas. Because I, I was standing next to Prabhupada when, when the reporters asked him, why have you come to the West? And he says, I've come to give you a brain. The pins <laughs> all stop. <laughs> and he said, your society is headless. He said, it's headless. And then later on he said, actually in your society, everyone is a shudra, and there are a few vaishas. In other words, we haven't in our experience seen real kshatriyas and real brahmanas. So his purpose was to have brahmanas and then ultimately to reconstitute a true system uh, of what he called Daivi Varnashram Dharma, 
what meant by Daivivan Ashram Dharma, a lot of devotees seem as some special for an Ashram Dharma. But when he says Daiva, it, it, it means that it's the Varnashram Dharma that is spoken by Krishna. That is to say, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says people belong to a different Varna, uh, not by birth, but by uh, their qualities and work. Guna and karma, Vibhagasana. Whatever your qualities and your work are. And Prabhupada gave a lecture once in India saying that, that when it became hereditary, uh, the reason it became hereditary is Brahmanas had unqualified children who shouldn't have, because they weren't qualified for Brahminical work, should have been doing different work. But they made them Brahmins anyway. So the Brahmins were not actually Brahmanas. And therefore they mistreated the Shudras. And the Shudras were not taken care of properly. And so when the Muslims came, they were able to convert them to, to, uh, to, to Islam. Because uh, they had a little more respect for them than the Brahmins were, were, were giving them. And then, because India had two religions, then it became divided into Pakistan and India. And so the partitioning of India comes back to this misunderstanding of what actually Varnashram Dharma is. This is a lecture probably gave in Vrindavan about, about, about this and, and his analysis of what went wrong. Uh, uh, so this is uh, this, is this uh, 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 real uh, uh, system of uh, Varnashram uh, uh, Dharma that, uh, that Krishna uh, uh, wants. Uh, and we don't have it anymore. So, one of his projects was to, was to bring it back. I've come to give you a brain, he said. That's what he said. Anyway, where are we after? <laughs> uh, You're going through the list of. Uh, that in 43? I think. Yeah, so, knowledge, yes. knowledge and realization. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, uh, 44, which is a three-line uh, verse uh, uh, that goes, Mato nu shikshitam yate vivitam manubhavayam mayaveshita vakchito madharma niratobhava with fixed attention, meditate constantly upon these instructions I have imparted to you and assimilate their essence. Fix your words and thoughts upon me and always endeavor to increase your realization of my transcendental qualities. That's the translation of mat-dharma. <laughs> In this way you will cross beyond the destinations of the three nature and finally come back to me. So you go up there. This is how, the, how you, this is what should be your conduct now uh, up in Badarik Ashram. Uh, we discussed this last time in Badarik Ashram there are deities there that Prabhupada mentions, a temple. It's way, way up high in the Himalayas. 
and uh, here there are the presiding deities over of a Bard Varsha uh, that are Narnarayan Rishi. But they're also Narnarayan Rishi are really there. Because in the in the fifth canto, it takes you through each varsha, and how the residents there are offering prayers to the presiding deities of that varsha, uh, and, and so we read about that in the fifth canto. So here in Badarik Ashram, actually Narnarayan Rishi are there. Uh, uh, that is to say, Narayan is there, and then his unga Nara. And these are the presiding deeds, so they're important. So that's where he wants them to go. And it's said that he's going, you should also convey to them the instructions I've given you, the sages there, including Narn and Orion. Uh, he says here. Uh, uh, so, uh, Vishnu, uh, I, I think the BBT doesn't have a, uh, uh, yeah, they, they don't uh, have a purport to this. The way, uh, the way this is uh, translated uh, by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, he says, well, the actual translation is by Banu Swami following the purport of Vishma Chakravarti Thakur. He didn't translate it. But the way it's here, be tolerant of all dualities, good-natured, self-controlled, peaceful and endowed with knowledge and realization, with fixed attention. Reveal to the sages these instructions filled with special discrimination, that's Vigyana here, that I have imparted to you. Fix your words and thoughts upon me and always be absorbed in my qualities. Help the sages, help the sages cross beyond the conditions of the three gunas and finally you will come to me. So he's saying that not just you, but you help them. And here's, here's the commentary of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. He says, reveal to Nar Narayan and others what I have taught concerning bhakti and jnana. Because th th this chapter is called Bhakti Yoga, and the previous chapter is called Jnana Yoga. What I've taught concerning Bhakti and Jnana, which have, which have special discrimination when they ask you. Be completely engaged in my qualities, such as my intelligence, wit, omniscience, and ownership of all powers. By this, I am giving you blessings in order to be qualified for assimilating all of this. So he says, not only are you going to be able to understand what I've told you, I'm giving you the, empowering you to understand it. Make the sages there surpass the worldly conditions made of the three gunas. So here he understands that you should help them. Having carried out my instructions, you will come to me. You will come close to me brought to be by my power of yoga. So here there's, you know, emphasizing here really the mercy of, of, of Krishna. My power, I'm empowering you. And really if you do anything, it's because you're empowered. I mean, look, how do you lift your arm and move your fingers? How do you do that, do you know? Does anybody have any idea? No, but I, get, I can do it. How? Yeah, it's Krishna actually has done that. 
So you can do clever things with your hands or whatever, you know, you... We think I can do this, but you know, you know how it works? Actually, even, even, even the scientists, they don't know how it works either. They're always, when they try to figure it out, they're always baffled. How does it really work? How do you get an idea in your head and then it moves? How does that go from there to there? They can't tell you. It's a mystery. Okay, so that's the end of, so now, text 45, it starts, Sri Shuka Uvacha. You were Sukadev Goswami talking to Maharaj Prikshit. So you're back to that. That conversation <laughs> uh, afterwards. Uh, interesting little thing in here about the different meaning of words. So, 45 goes like this it says, Sri Shuka Uvacha, Seva Mukto Hari Made Sodava Productionam Tam Parishrit. Pari Parishrishya Padayaho Shiro Nidayashru Kalabir Ardra Dir Nyasin Shad Advandwa Paropya Pakrame Shukadev Goswami said, thus addressed by Lord Krishna, whose intelligence destroys all the suffering of material life. Sri Uddhava circumambulated the Lord and then fell down, placing his head upon the Lord's feet. Although Uddhava was free from the influence of all material dualities, his heart was breaking. And at this time of departure, he drenched the Lord's lotus feet with his tears. That's what it says. So, uh, so thus addressed by the Supreme Lord. Now here... The word Hari Medasa is a very interesting word. We'll go back to it. Because here it's, I looked up where it was used to other places. Sometimes it refers to the Lord and sometimes it refers to devotees, actually. But here is uh, uh, Hari Medasa. Uh, the word uh, Medasa, uh, especially at the end of uh, a compound or with a long A, it means intelligence uh, and hari what takes away the miseries of material life uh, so that's why that's this they hari made us uh, by the supreme lord whose intelligence takes away the uh, miseries of material life uh, uh, and so he, uh, this way ukta uh, uddhava addressed uddhava Pradikshana, facing with a soul, see, he circumambulated, circumambulated, you know, with his right side to him. And then he placed his head, uh, padayo, two feet, the dual, <laughs> singular plural and dual in Sanskrit, this two feet, <laughs> this two feet, his head, shira, his head on his two feet. And uh, ashru, kalabhi, tears are flowing from his eyes. Uh, his heart, uh, Ardradhi, uh, D means, yeah, here, think, is his heart, his intelligence, his perception, uh, 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 melting. Uh, uh, he, he drenched those feet with his teardrops. Uh, 
although he is, uh, this is uh, Uddhava, Adwandraparaha, beyond the dualities, so uh, at this time of leaving. Uh, uh, this is how, how you uh, take that one apart. Uh, 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 so he wants to distress here that that his grief was not uh, material. Uh, he's actually actually by separation, your attachment increases. So actually, I mean, Lord Chaitanya spent all his time in strong feelings of separation from Krishna. It looks like suffering. I mean, the, the Krishna Prema in its highest stage has this characteristic of not looking so nice sometimes, crying all the time in separation, but it's actually intensity that, that's there. Uh, so the usual descriptions of spiritual feelings is like uh, compared to drinking very hot sugarcane juice. It's so sweet, you just want to keep drinking. It's so hot, you can barely stand it. <laughs> so it's this intensity of feeling that's very extreme. So his heart is breaking, but that's increasing his love for Krishna. And that love for Krishna is so wonderful that you want it to keep on increasing. And it has no upper limit, by the way. Uh, it can always go higher. That's one of the things like that. I mean, if you had a material body, I mean, you can die. One of the symptoms of prema is death, by the way. <laughs> but, but if you're in your spiritual body, it just keeps on going, right? Anyway, so Banaswami translates this a little differently, again, based on the commentary of Vishnachakavati Thakur. Shukadev Goswami said, thus addressed by uh, Krishna, uh, whose mind was attractive with prema. So here's the uh, different translation uh, of Harimedasa. Whose mind was attractive with prema. Uddhava circumambulated the Lord and then fell down, placing his head upon the Lord's feet. Uddhava uh, subject to the dualities arising from prema, so he sees it this way, this duality arises from prema, his mind melting at the time of departure drenched the Lord's lotus feet with his tears. So Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, Hari Medasa means by the Lord whose mind is attractive with prema. Uh, because this word, uh, 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 Medasa, means the Lord's mind, uh, Hari Medasa, so it's, uh, it's, it's attractive with prema, he says. Uh, uh, and then he says, uh, Aprakrame means at the time of going away, that's, you know, and Adwandopara means that Uddhava had duality such as lamentation and illusion arising from his prema. So sometimes it has these things here. 
So I looked up, I went through the Bhagavatam using a modern technology. I looked up how he made his... To see how Prabhupada has translated it. And uh, so one place, uh, here as by, by the... Uh, uh, Supreme Lord, the BBT here says, whose intelligence takes away the misery of material life. The first use of it in the Bhagavatam in the third canto is about Brahma. Hari Medusa is used to uh, characterize Lord Brahma, who Prabhupada translates, in the matter of creation, has a brain like that of the personality of Godhead. Hari Medusa has a brain like God. In the matter of creation, he's empowered to be as good as God. And, but then, uh, later on, in uh, 13th chapter of the third canto, uh, it's just descri- Lord Vara, Varahadev, uh, the Boar Incarnation, is called Hari Medusa, who destroys the material existence of the devotee. Uh, so, uh, you know, Hari, one meaning of Hari, one who takes away, who takes away all miseries. So, uh, who, who's and Medusa can be uh, n- nature, intelligence, wisdom, and so on. Meda, with a long A at the end, knowledge, understanding. Uh, I mean, Meda by itself is a sacrificial animal, but I don't know how anybody <laughs> somehow has to do with marrow and anyway. But anyway, that's. Uh, so anyway, that's that's, uh, and then uh, uh, another place uh, for, for Krishna's uh, Hari Medusa, whose brain again Prabhupada's translation, whose brain works only for the deliverance of conditioned souls. Hari, one who takes away the delivers. Uh, uh, Prabhupada says here in the purport. The word Hari means one who takes away all miserable conditions. And Hari Medasa means the Lord is always planning to deliver, because it means intelligence, making plans, uh, to deliver the conditioned soul from the clutches of Maya. Since the Lord delivers all conditioned souls from the clutches of Maya, he is known as Hari Medas. but then in the ninth canto, again, Prabhupada, where Hari Medasaha is used of some sages, Munis, Prabhupada translates it, whose intelligence is always absorbed in the thought of Hari. So that's the translation there, devotees whose intelligence is always filled with the service of the Lord. So these are different ways you can... Nice thing about Sanskrit. If there are multiple meanings, they all work. Polysemus, actually, words uh, that, that have many meanings. You know, you, you read Shakespeare, you can, there's all these things going on like that. So it's not a problem. Uh, the BBT has no uh, purport here, but I just thought you'd... This Hari made us a huh? So now let's go on. Uh, uh, 46. Uh, 
Sadhusjajasneha Vyoga Karataro Na Shanknuvam Stam Paritathatum Aturaha Kritsham Yayo Murdani Bartri Paduke Vibran Namaskritya Yayo Puna Punaha uh, greatly fearing separation from him, for whom he felt such indestructible af- affection, Uddhava was distraught, and he could not give up the Lord's company. Finally, feeling great pain, he bowed down to the Lord again and again, placed the slippers of his master upon his head, and departed. Though that's the that's the uh, translation uh, uh, here. Uh, so sudushjaja, impossible to give up. Uh, 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 sneha, that one in whom he had placed. Uh, sneha means affection. It's an Ayurveda that means sticky. It mean, no, it means oily. Oily, yeah, it yeah, like oil. Well, the, 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 oil. The, the word, the English word "snow" is transpacks to the same root as "sneha." Like German "schnee" for snow, yeah, means it's something that sticks to you. Like uh-huh. we have snow all around us today, so you can think of the Lord's affection call. <laughs> <laughs> like so, the, the same root uh, there, "sneha." That means to. Oily, yeah, yeah, yeah. smear, slick, sticky, yeah. Uh So anyway, uh, this affection is there, Uh, separation, he's beside himself, Uh, Vyoga uh, Karataha, Uh, and he uh, found it incapable, he was Atura, overwhelmed here, Atura means one who suffers, actually, you know, Atura. Uh, is suffering, Krishnam, uh, uh, great pain. So then he took the slippers, Paduka, uh, on of his Bartri, his master, on his head, uh, and went obeisances, offered obeisances again and again and again. Uh, uh, there's several purports here. I want to read Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's purport uh, first. Translation's about the same. But he says, when the Lord gave him his shoes by his mercy. So he's going away with the shoes, the slippers. When the Lord gave him his shoes by his mercy, Uddhava put them on his head. Since the Lord's order was insistent, he offered repeated respects and then left. You know, just to show how much he's like taking this order. While going to Badarik Ashram, according to the story in the third canto, he returned and saw the Lord alone. So this is where this is reconciled with the fact that there's one more meeting after this, actually. He's going and then he gets diverted. And then the third canto, we have, uh, what's his name, Manduk? No, uh, the sage is there. Maitreya? Maitreya Muni, yes. Maitreya Muni is there. And he t- there's again a discussion with Uddhava. Um, uh, uh, 
He asked about doubtful matters, and after gaining the conclusive truth concerning the Lord's pastimes from understanding the Lord's answers expressed in verse 37, on the order of the Lord, he again left. This should be the understanding. So he's reconciling these two accounts. And in verse 37, it's mentioned here uh, in this chapter, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's in thirty-seven. He, 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 he expresses already that I, uh, that his ever. He's fully, completely uh, bestowed with knowledge, and they explain that that. Um, when when uh, uh, when uh, Maitreya Rishi was there, that's not Maitreya. Mm-hmm. Muni was there. It wasn't a co- very confidential one because he was uh, a, a kind of a mixed with Gyana, and mostly there that discussion in the third canto is about the Lord's relationship with his material energies. So this is. Well, that's uh, explained. And then uh, the purport to this verse from the, the DBT. He says um, they give a, another take on it. Oh, then, then, then here they, they just say... Uh, um, According to Srimad Bhagavatam 3.4.5, while Uddhava was en route to Bhadarik Ashram, he heard about the Lord's journey to Prabhasa. Turning back and following Lord Krishna from behind, he saw the Lord alone just after the withdrawal of the Yadu dynasty. That's the account in the third canto. After being again mercifully instructed by the personality of Godhead, along with Maitreya, who had just arrived, Uddhava felt his knowledge of the truth we awakened, and then by the order of the Lord, he went on his way again. So this wasn't the final encounter, but the last one was not quite as intimate because of the presence of, of uh, Maitreya. That's, that's Then, do we have time to finish? We got... How many more verses? Time, time, the regular cross time is up. Okay, so we should stop there. We'll finish it up. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the, 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 and then we'll probably next time also start the next chapter. Okay. So, let me see. We we gotta switch over to a mode where people can. That's this question time. We can get question and answer time. <laughs> if if you're online for TV and you have a question, you can. Text it in by um, uh, writing in your question on the chat box to the right of the screen. Or you can go to Ravindra Superbu's website, rsdasa.com, and there's a chat box in the lower right-hand corner. Um, if you're on the phone, you can press star six, and that will unmute you so that you can ask your question. Okay. And we have a question from the studio audience. And first, the live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, my question is, Uddhava is Krishna's son, right? Hmm? Who is Uddhava? I don't know, actually. Oh, who is Uddhava? Yeah. Oh, he's not his son. Oh, he's his... you is Krishna's son. Huh? Abhimanyu. Yeah. Okay. No, he, he's his... I think That's he's him. his uncle. Okay. His, he's his maternal uncle? But we have maternal, but he's his uncle, technically. Although he's younger. That's what I thought, because he's young. I was going to say he's yeah, younger. Yeah, but 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 he's. I can't, I can't remember now. It went out of my I head. I feel better though that huh? I didn't know that you can't remember either. Yeah, I. I so yeah. Uddhava is younger than Krishna. Yeah. You remember? I don't remember. I mean, he's an advisor yeah. and. That's the role he plays. You know, I, I, the, all the relationships with all the dynasties and everything together, yeah. you know, they're all Dasaras, they all belong to the Dasara dynasty. But he's a cousin, or I th but I think actually an uncle. Uh, somebody in, in our... It was Rukmini's brother, though. I don't remember. I can <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can look it up. According to some texts, Uddhava was also Krishna's cousin. Yeah. Um, being the son of Deva Bhaga, who was the brother of Vasudeva, Krishna's father. Okay. Okay. Good question. Just more of a, a comment, because... Um, I was actually just having a discussion today with a friend of mine uh, about science because that came up earlier in the mm -hmm. discussion again, mm -hmm. again. And he mentioned how um, uh, one scholar uh, who's a philosopher of science uh, defines science not as knowledge, not as what we know, but our ability to our ability to control mm. material nature yeah. rather than... That's, that's yeah, the goal of science. Yeah, rather than... Yeah. To predict and control material right, nature. Right. And really, I mean, I took a lot of courses when I was in college in, in the philosophy of science. It was like the big thing then was these, these philosophers thinking about science. And it's just, you know... Uh, a scientific formula is just an inference ticket to let you get from one one piece of observable data to another. As far as telling you what's really in the world, mm. you don't know. Because, you know, they just announced to you that everything we told you is wrong periodically, you know. I, I, and you keep going through these things, you know, first there's Newton, there's the Newtonian universe, and everything's all determined all the way through, and then, then whoops, right, there's relativity theory, and then it's different. Who knows what the next thing they'll find out? It's funny, because if you apply that inference to net, like, you can assume that now everything's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the pragmatic. Yeah, as far as truths about the world, everything you know is wrong. Because if you know, it's been wrong so no. far every time they. No, this is this is the pragmatic view of theories. It's just allow you to get things done, and it doesn't really tell you about the nature of reality as such. Even the, I had there's philosophers of science at least when I was in in, in college, who described atoms and protons and neutrons as metaphysical entities. Because all you know, you have meter readings, you have little little dots of phosphorus 
the lights on a, on a cathode ray tube, you, but who sees them? You have formulas. What's really there? Nobody knows. And not only don't you know, you can't possibly know. It's, you know, so this is, this is one view of makes scientists very nervous when they start thinking like that, but really, I got so frustrated. I mean, I, after four years of college in, in this department of very rigorous philosophy, I went to a, who, the guy I thought who was the most intelligent teacher I had and asked him, what do you think is the best we can do in philosophy? And he said to me, he said, to be clear about what we're confused about. And I said, is that the best? And he said, yes, I think so. I, when I got older, I appreciated that a little more, <laughs> but at the time I was very disappointed, you know? I was looking for truth, you know? And the other guy I asked said, why are you in philosophy? He says, to win arguments. <laughs> So there you go. I was looking at me, one of these people looking for truth. <laughs> Wrong answer. I mean, my very first philosophy class, I said, you know, I want to, what are we studying philosophy, the guy says. I said, I want to know, ask questions like, who am I, where have I come from, where am I going? And he wrote it on the board, you know. We all gave our stupid answers. This is a freshman class in philosophy. And then the guy went through and, and, and demolished them one after the other, you know. What we want. And he said, oh, this one, who am I, where have I come from, where am I going? He says, you know, we have one person in this department who asks these questions. And I say, my name is Ken Young, I am coming from College Hall, and I am going to Bennett Hall. And then he crossed it out. <laughs> that was my introduction to philosophy. <laughs> That's why I'm here, Hare Krishna. Yeah, that's your fate, right? <laughs> Hari made us up. <laughs> Acharya Prabhu, he just adds a, a comment about Uddhava. He says, um, as stated in the third canto by, Lord him, uh, by the Lord himself, uh, Uddhava is not even slightly different from me. Yeah. Verses. Resembling Krishna so much, Uddhava was the perfect person to carry out the Lord's mission in Vrindavan. That's right. In fact, Sri Harivamsha states that Uddhava is the son of Vasudeva's brother, Devabhaga. In other words, he is a cousin brother of Sri Krishna. Yeah, cousin brother. Yeah, they, when they saw him, they, they immediately thought of Krishna because the family resemblance was strong. So what is Uddhava Kund? At Govardhan, there's Uddhavakund. What is, like, what was the pastime of Uddhavakund? Ask when you get there. Okay. What the pastime of Uddhavakund is. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the tears when he was crying. Oh, it's where he was crying. I think so. I, I mean, I was just there and I heard the story, but I could be conflating it with something else, but I think that was it. Okay. Yeah, Prema Sarova is made of tears, too. Also, right? yeah. 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 <laughs> that's right. Okay, I'll I'll mm -hmm. I'll make that part of my day. Okay, yeah, tell me <laughs> when you get back. Um, Maharidi asks, he says, "You provided." Uh, I have a question regarding the the death of science. You provide a sociological reason for science limitation, 
but in case in case the scientists were not employed, how would that help science? In the case the scientists were not employed, they should be employed, but they, they, they should, they, first of all, they should be a little humble. If they're smart, they're humble, but, you know, but, but, uh, they should all become devotees, actually. <laughs> uh, no, there's more, so I, I, I really am perfectly convinced. You know, the, the Isha Upanishad says you should learn the process of knowledge and Vidya and Avidya side by side. And when you know Krishna, you know everything. And therefore, this world, if you really want to even understand this world, you should, you should understand it as Krishna's energies. And Prabhupada has suggested that actually in the Bhagavatam there are many scientific discoveries waiting to be made. But it's a science that's based on not exploiting other living beings and not trying to be the controller and owner of material nature and others a science based on humility uh, it's science without the mode of passion and the mode of ignorance it would be very very but it would be science we can also inquire into the material world the material world is Krishna's energy and you read Prabhupada's commentary on the verse Ishavashamidam Sarvam or no, before that, Om Purna Madapurna Midam. This world is also Purna. It's perfect and complete. Uh, we don't see it as perfect and complete because we see it. In, we don't see it as integrated with Krishna. So Ishavasham, the whole everything is pervaded by Krishna. So these are also Krishna's energies, and ultimately, everything is spirit because it's one of energies of Krishna. So I, 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 I believe that there is a science that, that would be in harmony with the environment, in harmony with other living beings, with respect for the planet. All of that is in Prabhupada's books. But because it, right now it's based on domination, control, uh, and, and, and exploitation of material nature, we're screwing up everything. If that, you know, most science we're trying to use to clean up the messes made by previous sciences, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, that's the problem. Is because everyone is a Shudra and there are a few Vaishas. Who pays your salary if you're a scientist, you know? Watch what goes on at MIT and all of these places, you know. Who's funding them? We'll see what happens. So Prabhupada, Prabhupada, you know, he really did want to have a kind of synthesis of what people call science now and religion now. You know, the, the estrangement. There should be a religious science and a scientific religion, both. Ramananda Prabhu asks, he says, in text 44, it says, quote, always endeavor to increase your realization of my transcendental qualities. In this way, you will cross beyond the destinations of the three modes of nature and finally come back to me. So then he says, this seems quite astonishing. Isn't Uddhava already liberated and situated in such an, exalt in an exalted position that he 
that he is directly speaking to the Lord as his intimate associate. In fact, in the next text, it says Uddhava was free from the influence of all That's material right. dualities. Mm-hmm. However, text 44 seems to say Uddhava is still under the modes and he needs to follow Krishna's instructions to finally be able to go back to Godhead. Does this mean the verse is meant for us, not really Uddhava, just as Arjuna was put into illusion for our benefit? I think so. Um, uh, That's why he speaks that way, just so everybody can understand. But Uddhava is already liberated. But, but, you know, one's appreciation for the qualities of the Lord is in fact always increasing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not just to know these things to cross beyond, it's to get more and more uh, 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 I mean there's just no end to the increase of love for Krishna the knowledge and love they increase together on and on and on and there's no upper limit there really there, there really isn't uh, and Prabhupada described that you know uh, that when Radha and Krishna are together uh, this, this was actually in New Vrindavan at, at a John Masmi, and he's looking at the, the deities of Radha and Krishna. And he, sa- he said that when, when Radha looks at Krishna, she sees how beautiful uh, Krishna is. And when she sees how beautiful Krishna is, her joy increases. And because her joy increases, her beauty increases. And then when Krishna sees that Radha Rani is becoming even more beautiful, his happiness increases, and therefore his beauty increases. And then, remember, these are spiritual bodies, right? I mean, so, so here, you know, when you're really happy, anybody's happy, they look better. But there's some limitations. <laughs> but, but in this case, so he says, so it goes, and there's no end. It keeps, it keeps on going. The happiness, beauty, knowledge, all these are ever increasing. And there's no upper limit. So, so this is this is what Uddhava is being asked to par- partake of here, and, and but he already is in a way, but just to show you that that everyone can get started <laughs> uh, and follow in his footsteps with Krishna's shoes on his head. <laughs> That's. Uh, uh, and that's why this, this uh, yeah, Hari Medasa uh, is the word that's, that's used here. Okay. And I think the last question, um, a little diversion from the topic of the class, but still a question that was asked. Uh, this is from Bhakta Victor. He asks, what does Ravinder Superbu think about the future of the BBT? <laughs> Is it the, that the printing and distribution of books will never stop? Will it go on forever, eternally? What about the new technologies? Uh, well, the, a book is... Uh, look, if we had real technology, we would, would have, just have to hear it once and remember it. <laughs> that was the technology of the Brahmanas. They remembered everything. We have no memories. So, but it, uh, uh, the, the form of a book, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it could be a, an electronic form, it can be in, in paper form. They're, they're all books. That really doesn't, 
doesn't uh, doesn't make a difference. Uh, I have uh, I really I don't know maybe it's just me but I like I like books with paper and printing and things like that but maybe people who grow up with the newer technology I use both <laughs> because you know the, the electronically you can search things better but it only means you're it's worse. I mean, uh, uh, I've mentioned this before, but there's a dialogue, a, a platonic dialogue, I forgot which one right now, where, where see what happens, where, where, where Plato talks about what a disaster the invention of writing is, because people don't remember, remember anything anymore. It's, it, we think of writing as a sign of advancement of civilization, but from Plato's point of view, it was, it was bad. And actually, Plato uh, put the, the dialogues that he wrote, which all Western philosophy is based on, were just things that could be shown to the general public. The real teachings were not written down. And people were trying to figure out what his real teachings were, but they weren't written down. Because they were, you know, not, couldn't be understood by everybody, and he would have to see what quality they were. But they were there, they were transmitted. So we don't know. Uh, you know, we think that writing is a sign of advancement, but it's actually Kali Yuga. People's memories are no good, and they have to start writing things down. But the earliest writing that people have found is mostly, you know, from merchants keeping track of <laughs> rice stock and things like that, you know. Uh, so that means whatever earlier ages where people just remembered things, it's, it's gone. We, re we really don't know. But that's one way to have a book. You just, you, you speak it, students hear it, they remember it. And, and you know, Vedic pe pedagogy was based on sutras, so you could, ha you could carry libraries in your head. That's really the, that's really that's really book distribution too. You tell somebody and they remember it, and tell somebody else and they remember it. So that can be a book also. <laughs> the ancient form of book distribution. <laughs> well, we don't know. You know, when you hear this uh, Shukadev Goswami story, is it written down? You know, they hear it and they remember it. But it's the beginning of Kali Yuga. You know, pretty soon people are going to not be able to do it destroys all the good qualities of human beings, right? I see. Uh, I was just listening to this uh, lecture of Gopi Puranadana Prabhu, and he, he, he tends to mention this often, how actually writing the sastra, um, like putting it in writing, is actually considered an aparad. It's an offense to actually put it into writing. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, it's like, it's it's considered offensive to even do, you shouldn't even do it. But there's a concession made yeah. for Kali Yuga, but otherwise it's actually an opera you wouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, we have, we have recovered some of the early writings of the Goswamis because when a book would get worn out in those days, they would put it in Samadhi. Mm. You know, now everything goes gets chopped up in the recycle bin, but uh, whatever. But you know, that's where the books are in samadhis. 
they were actually sacred and they're what do we get what does the BBT do with anyway <laughs> well that's where we are the sacred books you know we don't let them touch the floor they drop mm -hmm. down we put them on my head but really what happens yeah. in the age of mass production anyway <laughs> too bad we don't have memories what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't anyway. Some people have better ones. Okay. So next week, we pick up where we left off. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam, Ki Jai.